Hi, I'm Lucy from Bellrig FM. I'm here with Anna and Ian from the Lancaster Health Festival. Hi guys, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a late lunch, so I'm feeling a bit sleepy, but I'm good <laughs> other than that. That's good. Lunch is always good. So uh, we're here today to talk about the Lancaster Health Festival. How long has this festival been going on for and what was the inspiration behind its creation in the first place? It's been going on since 2017. Uh, the inspiration, I suppose, really came from myself when I was trying to think, how do we get conversations about health and well-being into the wider community? Most health is about what you should or shouldn't do. So you get leaflets on stop smoking, you're told to run more, those kind of things. But I think that's a wee bit kind of um, uh, simplistic. And actually, the real issue for health is to create space for people to work out themselves what exactly they want to do and how they want to approach their lives and order their lives. And that kind of grew, in a sense, because... Um, um, once I got that initial idea, we began to realize, well, health isn't just about exercise, stopping doing something, eating well, taking tablets. It's about an entire philosophy and approach. It's, do we live in a healthy culture? Uh, you know, uh, Do we have uh, space and courtesy for proper debate? So we kicked off the first health festival in 2017 with Trevor Phillips, uh, former chair of the Equality and Human Rights Commission, who giving a lecture on, on health and ethnicity. And that was really quite interesting. And he's actually back this year doing a podcast for us, which, which is great. So that's his origins. Um, very briefly, year one, we had about 500 people engage. Year two in 2018 uh, we had 2000 uh, in 2019 we had 4000 and in 2020 we're desperately doing it online so we don't know but we'll see and we're hopeful so the slogan is the lost art of living so what was the thinking behind this and what are the festival's kind of main aims and does it change over the years as well well anna you, you were attracted by the subtitle weren't you you came to the first one so you, you fire away first yeah um i guess the lost art of living some people have criticised it, but really the, the whole festival is, for me, it's aimed at discovering the art of living again. And by that, we mean like a way of living that brings about um, a holistic form of health. And when I did the radio interview yesterday, um, the lady asked about the same thing and she brought up a case study of her granddad, which was really beautiful. So she talked about how he lived to a hundred how whenever she went round to his house as a child, he'd be in the back garden digging vegetables. He'd converted his old back garden to vegetables. And that he swore that he lived for so long because he had chilli sauce with everything. But she talked about <laughs> how um, she talked about how he just had a very nice community of support around. He was always active. He was always outside. He was very family oriented. And it, it just is a really beautiful example of a, a different way of life that is maybe a, a little bit less common nowadays, I guess. So for me, the whole health festival is um, trying to think about what it means to have a healthy and fulfilling life today that maybe draws on some of these ancient practices that brought around community, healthy communities, healthy people, healthy environments. And I guess in terms of a name on the website, um, on the homepage, it kind of talks about the role of the festival in bringing around or creating space that allows for conversation about what it means to live well today. So, yeah, I guess the health festival offers that opportunity. I'm sure Ian has a lot more to add to this. Yeah. Why did you name it? No, that, no, that's Ian? perfect. I named it that. I did, I did name it that deliberately. And 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 what encourages me and Anna's given me great encouragement over the years is that she got it straight away. We don't want corporate sound bites. What we want is to say that we're not saying life in the past was perfect, 
but there are certain times in the past when people understood the art of living better than they understand it now. Uh, and we all live in our own bubbles, in our own world. Um, so it's about having the courage to kind of step out and kind of have that space. And, and the art of living it doesn't, it can be simply something as simple as just walking down the street and saying, it's a great day today. You know, what's wrong with doing that? And just stopping and talking, saying hello to someone. So, I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be anything fantastic, but you may want to progress on to learning some yoga or some Tai Chi or changing your diet or growing your own vegetables. Um, you know, so that's, it's there. Anna's got it spot on. Yeah, it sounds really good to sort of be able to go out and, you know, sort of experience new things in a lot of ways, it sounds like. It is. Um, and and again, that's part of it. We, do, we like to do tasters. We like to say to people, look, you may know nothing, for example, about Claver Hill, the way they've got this field sorted out and they're great for, just have a look um, uh, and see if you can copy it. I mean, for example, my colleague uh, at Barrow and Furnace, who was starting a, a similar project up there, started last year, um, had never grown anything before when lockdown came. I ended up kind of um, being her kind of garden advisor. So she was getting grow bags and various other things and growing all sorts of herbs she'd not done before. And that's just brilliant, isn't it? Somebody has a go. You know, I mean, she might not carry on. Her main love, apart from being ordained, is, is playing music. She's a violinist. But, um, you know, she's learned some, a new skill and a new appreciation of food. And that's what we want. We want people to go and learn a new skill or to learn a new way of thinking and to appreciate that. And it doesn't mean we've got the answers right. You know, some people could come along and say, actually, do you know what, Ian, that was really interesting, but I think you're completely wrong. I'm happy for that because that's how honest conversation starts. Yeah, and just, can I pick up on something? As well as trying new things, like Ian just said or mentioned um, a new way of thinking. And so the Health Festival does explore this as well. Um, it's not all about just trying a new activity or setting up a garden. So it explores ideas such as mindfulness. So you, how can you appreciate and be grateful for what you do have and live in the moment more and the role of um, that sort of approach to life in making us more present and fulfilled to help us deal with stress or anxiety and other things. So it's looking at different ways of thinking and being in the world as well. So kind of just carrying on from that, really. Obviously, this year, some people might be a little bit more health conscious than they might usually be um, kind of considering COVID-19, lockdown, everything like that. So um, will the festival kind of be covering any sort of COVID related themes this year or any lockdown related themes? Um, and if so, how are they going about this? So we have Aaron Cummins doing a Q&A about um, going through a pandemic. And so we've created this open space for people to ask questions and who knows what will come up in there. But there are a number of other sessions. There's one on resilience, health and well-being. So this year has brought up lots of questions around what it means to be resilient as a community, as a person, in work, in home. Um, and so we have Liz McQuart that's going to be exploring that idea of resilience to help prepare people for what might be ongoing lockdowns. Yeah, COVID-19 is really important. I mean, as, as Anna said, um, uh, you know, we've got Aaron Cummins, our chief executive, I was talking to him this morning about he's very much looking forward uh, to actually talking. He, he holds events internally uh, in the Trust for Staff and he really wants to get out and engage with the wider public. And all sorts of things about the festival are, are, are linked to COVID in a sense. So if you do learn a wee bit of mindfulness, if you do go for a walk, if you do social some social distancing, they're all kind of good things. I mean, I'm speaking as the chaplain, the lead chaplain for the Trust. I've had COVID-19. I've been at the bedside whilst people have died with COVID-19. 
I've lived through what is meant to be uh, an epicenter with us here at the Trust, though I hasten to add that I thought we handled that extremely well and um, we weren't quite the epicenter everybody thought once they'd done the figures for the rest of the country. But I think there's some great lessons to learn from all this and, and the whole point of a health festival about opening up those conversations is giving space to discuss them. I I've put that question to two of our key speakers. Uh, Dame Sue Black, who's the Pro Vice Chancellor of the University, is one of our speakers on a podcast. And we touched on COVID-19 with uh, Trevor Phillips, the former chair of the uh, Human Rights and Equalities, uh, Human Rights Commission, and thoughts on that, especially around BAME. Because uh, we've got to have these conversations. This could go on for, it might finish, it might disappear, but it could go on for two, three, four years. We just don't know. And we have to learn to adapt and become resilient. And, and maybe one of the things the Health Festival does in a small way is say to people, look, pick up some philosophy again, start thinking, why do you get out of bed in the morning? What do you do? What makes a difference? And those are key questions we want to wrestle with. And can I, I want to add one more thing. Um, so my housemate was talking to me yesterday about seeing on a train station platform the words, stay safe, stay apart. And for me, that kind of summarises like quite a worrying message during this whole thing about being, that's led to people being quite socially isolated. And in many ways, um, the reason why I really wanted the festival to go on ahead this year is to offer a space to bring people back together in whatever form we can do. Because I, I feel there's a real um, lack of spaces right now to bring people together for those conversations more than ever before, perhaps. Um, and so I guess the festival going ahead this year um, from mine and the other volunteers' perspectives is because of this. We want to bring people back together. Obviously, talking about that idea of bringing people back together, the government recently implemented that only six people can gather um, outdoors and indoors. So with this in mind, how are you going to ensure that the festival is able to kind of go ahead whilst obeying government guidelines? So we predicted that this might happen. Um, so we had limited all um, physically distant activities so face-to-face -face activities to six already um, and if if they book up we'll just create different slots so people can come and experience um, a walk or go around Claver Hill um, and then we are using it as a chance to experiment with online events so um, perhaps one of our more experimental ones is a disco soup so we're going to try and move this into a digital format so we're encouraging people to come together in their social bubbles in their home to cook seasonal food to a food theme playlist. So we're trying to think about how we can comply with that, those restrictions, but in a really creative way that still brings people together. And then, of course, you have the podcast series that are going to be going online so people can listen to those in their own time and they can discuss them with friends and family. I think the crucial thing is, Lucy, that you, you, we may have to lock down our bodies. We don't have to lock down our hearts and minds. That's a really nice saying. So kind of moving on from COVID, I was looking at the website and there was a list of like sort of projects that people have been doing and people getting involved and stuff like that. So um, what sort of projects have been going on this year? What kind of things have people been doing? They've been a bit limited, to be truthful, because um, life got very hectic post-Christmas. And then as soon as we got to March, we're in lockdown and things had to go on hold in terms of long-term projects that we've been involved in one project that's grow actually growing out of the health festival and anna referred to just then is that uh, we're running podcasts we've not done podcasts before it's a whole new area for us uh, and we've got several podcasts coming up um, for the festival and we want to carry that on uh, i've also discussed with a colleague i think the whole um, 
area uh, of spirituality and death and dying aren't really represented in podcasts. Before I came here, I was a hospice chaplain for eight and a half years. So I spent a lot of time talking to people who were dying and sometimes several months beforehand and the journey they went on. So that would be one project that's come out of it. What we would like to do, and I, I don't know how we can do it at the moment, it's just find, a question to find a wee bit of time to do it, is you'll notice that we have death cafes uh, on uh, as part of our projects, done largely with six formers. Um, I'm trying to think how we can do an online death cafe where people can sit at home uh, in their bubble, perhaps, with a cup of coffee or whatever, and we kind of put the questions on screen. They look at the questions and discuss them as a family. Um, I don't know. Death cafes are a very simple idea, um, and we, we run them on the basis of we just set a space up, we um, give people a cup of coffee and a, and a piece of cake, and we ask them questions such as, what do you think is the most memorable thing that you could leave to somebody or the most important thing? Kind of, who would you leave it to? Um, you know, um, one last thing we like to say to people, have you ever been to a funeral? Have you ever seen a dead body? Uh, and we do that actually also with our junior doctors because it's a great chance for them to talk about stuff they don't get a chance to talk about. So hopefully we're looking at ways of extending those at the moment. That's the hope, really. Can I just add, that's Ian's perspective. For me, there are way more projects that have started this year because of COVID-19. So in terms of link to the Health Festival, you obviously have the podcast series. You also have some of the events that we're doing are trialing new formats that will continue after so if the disco seat works it's um there's a discussion about whether that could be held as a regular thing going forwards and then a new project will be listed after the festival weekend and it's linked to Lancaster University they're they're doing a mapping project of green spaces in the the area and they're looking at the health benefits of them and the idea is that that mapping project will inform local policy around green space and how it's used. And um, again, within that space, there's discussion of how can we create outdoor meeting spaces if we are going to keep going through lockdown? So how can we create sheltered areas outside where people can meet um, and actually meet face to face, but two metres apart and outside? Um, and then I just want to highlight that Within the sessions, um, some of them highlight new projects that have started during the lockdown. So the Tara Time Collective has been set up by the Tara Centre. Um, and they're looking at how we bring back uh, time banks locally. So if people are unemployed or in, or in a position where maybe they don't have many finances, they can exchange their time for services locally. And it kind of values time with points. So that's a really exciting new project that started. And at Claver Hill, um, a flower farm has started. Again, that has a care farming aspect to it. Um, there's also going to be a new programme for teenagers that helps to create outdoor activities for people in the secondary school. Because um, at the moment, a lot of uh, children and teenagers and youth in general have been stuck at home for months. And so we're trying to see if we can get something interactive happening outside. And then the, the festival also launches our local gleaning network, um, which is a new network. And we're, we're holding the first glean next week for the festival as well. So there's loads going on. I have one more question. So uh, this is a bit broad, so feel free to take um, some time to think about it if you want to. How can people, first of all, get involved in the festival if they want to volunteer and help out? And then how can people make a difference towards their own health and the health of others? 
Um, so I'd say the Lancaster Health Festival isn't a one-off event. There's activities that go on throughout the year that are linked to health and um, living well. So if people want to find out how to get involved in those, you can come to the Food and Health Working Group that Food Futures organises. Um, and that group has really picked up helping organise the festival this year. And you just need to go to the Food Futures website to find out about those meetings. Um, and to find out about projects we're involved with. Um, and then in terms of what people can do, um, all the sessions this year and the podcast are going to be recorded and kept on the website. So I'd suggest that people go and have a look at what's being discussed and see if they can take any of that and implement it in people's own lives or question it and adapt it and implement it in their lives. I don't think there's a lot I can add to that. It's a very comprehensive answer, which is brilliant. Um, just, just one thing, not not so much um, to do piece of wisdom, really. There's a, a Canadian psychologist called Jordan Peterson, so I thought I better better look at him because I keep hearing about him, and I picked up his uh, book, um, Twelve Rules for Life. Uh, and actually, I have to say, I'm quite impressed with some of the stuff in it. And one of the things that struck me is really quite profound, which I think is great advice for anyone beginning to look after their health is he says that one of the rules of life is treat yourself as if you're someone you're responsible for looking after and i think that's quite profound really if you treat yourself as you're someone you are responsible for looking after that means that you need to get enough sleep it means you need to get enough exercise it means actually you do need to connect with people and once you've been looking after yourself maybe you're in a better place to start looking after other people as well so i think it's a good starting point as any for a for a health festival and an approach to health Okay, well, thank you very much for talking to us today. Lucy, thank you. It's been great fun. Yeah.